You are listening to a Where is the Line shit show. An unfortunate aberration in quality, length, and content. Conceived only for the purpose of releasing more than one show each month. But don't worry, it's still fucked up. Hey son, have you heard of the dark one? The choice is so easy to make. Just open your heart to the dark one. The way of the devil is great. So let's all drink blood now. So now let's all drink blood. So let's all drink blood now. Now, now, now. Thank you for listening to episode 22 of Where is the Line? My name is Kevin. With me today is my dear friend and compulsive hunter of stuffed bears, <laughs> Samantha. Say something disturbing, Samantha. AV plug. AV plug. <laughs> That's a good one. And I bet you don't know what it is unless you're on this episode. <laughs> we got a couple of new patrons. Oh. Jacqueline Bernot, a lovely Canadian who joined us for movie night last time. Yeah, she was ride or die that night. Mm-hmm. And by the way, we've changed movie night. <laughs> As it turns out, movie night was a good idea it in was. theory. It was. Uh, it turns out in practice, uh, you can't really hear each other very well. <laughs> and the movie yeah. doesn't really look that great streaming. Yeah, we gave it a go two times, and now we're restructuring. Yeah, we are restructuring movie night. Uh, we're going to change it to more of a hangout night, something more casual. Uh, we'll do some show and tell, maybe bring some disturbing items that we have. Yes, there'll be drinking involved. I feel like it's going to be a very organic time. Yeah. I'm excited. We're just going to hang out with the hunch bunch. Yeah. <laughs> maybe we're going to play Truth or Dare. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's going to be fun. Would you be willing to, to, to take Dare from somebody? Anyone but you. <laughs> I was thinking about that the other day, that you are someone that I definitely have never played Truth or Dare with, and I don't know if I would want to, because I'd be terrified at what you would dare me to do. Hmm. Yeah, and you should be. I know. So I don't know. If you'd like to join us for one of our hangout nights, you can visit patreon.com slash where is the line. Our hangout nights are available to all level of patrons. That's right. Jacqueline, though. Came in hot. She is a depraved patron. I love it. Another depraved patron that we got is Sarah Newman Brown from the land down under. Yeah, she is from there. Friend of Natasha. And friend of ours. Absolutely. <laughs> we love those two girls. We do. I'm personal friends with them on Facebook. I don't know if you are. Yeah, I am. Okay. Both of them. Well, Jacqueline and Sarah. <laughs> We love you both. Yeah. Thank you guys so much. You yeah, just don't know. Thank you. So, are you ready to get into this episode of Where is the Line? Oh, yes. Let's do it. You're going to die. We're all going to die. Nobody makes it out alive. That's what they say. I think a lot of us, though, avoid thinking about what happens to us after we slip through the ethereal plane. Yeah, it's a scary thought. We know that there are funerals. We know that people get pumped full of chemicals. 
I think a lot of us don't know a whole lot beyond that. But today we're going to get an education. Because today we're talking with a genuine mortician who goes by Ramon. So we're talking with a mortician today. He would prefer to stay anonymous, so he has asked us to give him a pseudonym. So we're talking with Ramon, the mortician. <laughs> How are you doing, Ramon? I'm just fine, Kevin. How are you? I'm great. I, yeah, I, I was telling you earlier, I'm glad that you, uh, you emailed us and told us that you're a mortician and uh, asked if that was something that we might be interested in and said, fuck yeah, because <laughs> we've, <been, laughs> we've been wanting to talk to a mortician for a while and we were going to cold call one and then uh, one cold called us. Amazing. Yeah. Just a great stroke of luck. Yeah. So um, how long have you been a mortician? Let's see. I graduated school in 2014. And I actually just recently got into the field about seven months ago. How long does the schooling take for that? It's a two-year degree, but it's an accelerated program, so about 15 months. Okay. I was looking that up the other day about what technically the um, degree is called, and I forgot. It's an, uh, uh, an Associates of Applied Science. It's a, okay. like a trade degree. Okay. What made you want to do that? In all honesty, um, I really had no plans on doing it until about 2012, and I was at a party, and I got talking to a, a, a mortician. She had just graduated, and she was kind of going through the motions, and of course, I get a few beers in me, and I'm like, okay, what exactly is embalming? And she told me everything, because my understanding was, you know, the Egyptian, you know, going through the nose, pull out the brain, the canoscopic jars and all that. Yeah. Yeah, and she told me, and... Um, she kind of told me the whole aspect of it, you know, meeting with families, um, removals, stuff like that. And it really just kind of struck a chord. I've always wanted to help people, but I don't want to be just like kind of always out there. You know what I mean? I like more kind of behind the scenes stuff. You know, yeah. I don't like a lot of spotlight. So I figured eh, that's, that actually sounds pretty, pretty great. So I went through school and um, I ended up getting a job as a bartender. And I did that for about five years until that place went under. And then I was on uh, Indeed or LinkedIn or something, and the owner of my company emailed me. He was actually looking for a crematory operator. Mm -hmm. I said, okay, that's, that's a foot in the door. You know, might as well try that out. And I go on an interview, and they're like, we actually want you to be an embalmer uh, apprentice. Would you be interested in that? I'm like, uh, yes, that sounds great, actually. <laughs> so here we are. So you, you start this job. Do you remember the first time that uh, you – had to interact with a corpse. Well, yes, actually, I, uh, I had to do that in school. See, when you're in school, uh, you have to do a certain number of cases with a licensed embalmer before you can progress to the next quarter. Mm -hmm. um, I think we had to do 12 per quarter. So you had to do 12 embalmings every two months, three months, mm -hmm. something like that. So the first time, this is how much of a nerd I am, by the way, they pulled the sheet back and the first thing that went through my head is, what am I going to do if this fucker wakes up? <laughs> you know, I, I, there was that initial shock, obviously, of um, seeing a dead human body, not in a casket, not cosmetized, not embalmed or anything. Yeah. And my, my brain automatically went to, okay, where's the nearest exit and or weapon? <laughs> and after, after I kind of calmed down, it was like, then the reality really set in of, my God, this used to be a, a person. Yeah. And, with the school, this is actually in the facility, not uh, the third parties that we had to go to. 
um, they actually donate their bodies to science. So what we do is the school, the students will embalm them and then send them off to uh, the dental school so they can dissect and uh, do their thing. Okay. Did you say the so, dental school? Yeah, that's correct. The dental school work. Again, yeah, it makes sense, but it never really occurred to me that dentists practice on dead people. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's all anatomy. So there's <laughs> that and uh, for plastic surgery, too, you know, orthodontist uh, reconstruction, all that. Yeah, yeah. Good Did practice they, for them. They send the entire body? Uh, the medical seems- school will get the body. Well, here. Well, the medical school will get the body and then the different departments will kind of divvy up the uh, cadaver. Mm. Pretty much all of us are eventually going to be either embalmed or cremated. So let's say that Samantha dies. (laughs) I was going to use myself for an example, Uh but then I then I got uncomfortable. Yeah, you don't want (laughs) to pinch yourself. Yeah. So let's say Samantha dies from the time that you walk in the door to wherever her body is, I mean, what, what happens between then and when she gets put in the ground? Okay. Well, um, you know, we'll do the removal, uh, go in with a, a cot, you know, put her on the, put her on the cot, take out the van, drive to the facility. Um, from there, let, let's say, uh, they're getting embalmed, right? Mm-hmm. They'll go into what's called the prep room. And they're laid on the table. You've seen it in movies, you know, the big machine yeah. with the big tank, the stainless steel table and all that. What goes from there is that the body's bathed first. Um, any medical devices are removed, say, um, like, a, like an airway uh, inhibitor, mm-hmm. something like that. Uh, that'll be removed. Uh, bandages typically are left on because we don't want them to leak, for lack of a better word. Right. Uh, so they're bathed. And then what we do is we do something called setting the features. So when a person dies, it's not typically a pretty thing. Their mouth's wide open, their eyes are open, you know, just a little bit or wide open, just kind of depending. So we will actually have to break the rigor mortis around the eyelids, first of all. And then we insert these things called eye caps. They are about the size, a little smaller than a quarter. How do you round it? How do you break the rigor mortis? You just kind of massage the eyelids or something to precisely. Okay. Mm-hmm. Or you take, um, uh, what we call an aneurysm hook. It's a um, little handheld metal thing with kind of a right angle end onto it. And you just kind of move it around the inside of the eyelid, just kind of loosen everything up. So you take that eye cap and it actually has, uh, these small barbs on the front of it that kind of stick out grab the eyelid and kind of keep it down. Mm-hmm. So you arrange the eyes, you close them down, uh, make them look natural. And then there are many w- different ways to close the mouth. And it all depends on, you know, if they have all their teeth, if they're missing teeth, if they have dentures, so on and so forth. But what I'll do is I'll do what's called a mandibular suture, where I will take a needle and uh, some wax covered thread, essentially. Mm-hmm. You go through the septum, uh, one out at the other, and then you go down behind this uh, little nasal wing that everybody has in their nostril. It's going to hide the thread. goes down there through the mouth. Then you take the needle, and it goes behind the tongue and behind the uh, bottom row of teeth. The needle comes out here, so you kind of thread that through. The needle goes back into that same hole you just came out of, up through the mouth, into the nostril again, and then you just cinch it up. So and you're... What you're- do. 
you're just just you know since i don't think everybody got a visual so you're saying that you yeah. you shove a needle into somebody's nose mm-hmm. down through the mouth and actually out and the bottom of their chin yeah, the their bottom chin. of their yeah. chin and then yeah where the, everybody's got that yeah everybody has that weather line right here you know yeah. when they're laying their head forward mm-hmm. you kind of do that to hide that um that puncture hole you know and yeah. if you do it if you do it right it's not noticeable whatsoever you know, it looks extremely natural. But if somebody and, went uh, to a funeral and they kind of lifted up somebody's, a corpse's head, they could see it though, right? No, actually. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. I was going to encourage people to look for that next time I go to a funeral. But. <laughs> oh Every time you go to a funeral and somebody's laying in state, I suggest you take a good hard look mm-hmm. at, at, the, uh, at the work that goes into it. Yeah. You know, really get that memory picture in there, you know, because like I said, with Death is not a, it's not a pretty sight. It rarely, rarely is, you know, and that's what's so important about the viewing and embalmings and all that is you don't want the last thing you remember is this grotesque mouth open, eyes open. You know, you want them nice, calm, at peace. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 And it's, uh, it's a hell of a lot better than what's called the needle injector. Think of the needle injector as a staple gun with, um, metal wires that are about, I don't know, six inches long. Mm-hmm. And they just go in and just all along the jawline and just cinch it up that way. And I oh, hate wow. that fucking thing so much. It makes the worst noise I've ever heard. <laughs> it is grotesque, man. Ugh. <laughs> just even thinking about it just gives me the fucking <laughs> Are the lips, are they glued shut or are they sewn shut? Is that oh, no, you thing? don't. You don't sew lips shut. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, after you do the after you do the suture and all that, if the mouth is still somewhat open, like let's say their lips were just naturally just kind of open all the time, right? You'll use a little bit of glue, just okay. a little bit of super glue. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I couldn't imagine sewing lips. <laughs> I, you know, the movies sometimes they in the olden days portrayed that. I've seen it on the movies. I was just wondering how accurate that was. <laughs> I was actually made to watch Hocus Pocus the other day. That's the first thing my mind went to. Oh, when yeah. he climbs out of the grave and he, he has to cut the sutures around his mouth. Yeah. Like, uh-huh. oh, God. <laughs> well, you know, like in movies, there'll be horrible scenes where a little child's looking at a corpse at a funeral and their lips on the corpse is like slightly parted and you can see like threading. And it's like, uh, oh, those lips were sewn shut, but they're coming apart. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a thing. So now we got the mouth closed. What happens now? Now what happens is you make a small incision just top of the uh, collarbone here. You have a muscle right here, the sternoclavic- sternoclavicled mastoid muscle. You know, it's that big, flat, broad muscle right there on the side of your neck. You find an area where you know the right carotid artery is and the external jugular vein is. So you make an incision and you basically go in and you find the artery. And what you do is you'll clean off the layer of fat. It's called fascia is what it is. It's kind of a, a protective casing for your arteries. Mm-hmm. So you go clean that off and you have two uh, ligatures and you tie one side off to keep it from going up to the head and you make a small cut in the artery and then you insert your uh, cannula, which is where the fluid comes out of. And you turn on the machine and you just kind of let the fluid kind of flow through their uh, vascular system. 
that way. Yeah. And what you do is embalmers kind of do things a little differently. You know, it's all a lot of personal preference. Uh, what I like to do is what's called a pre-injection, basically. And what that, that does, about half a gallon of fluid goes into the body, and the chemicals that I mix my tank with, they'll go in and they'll break up any blood clots, kind of get things moving along, you know, grabs the blood. And then what you do, you go in and you make a small cut in the jugular vein, and that starts to drain out all the blood from the body. So as the fluid is going in, the blood's coming out, and through diffusion and osmosis, all that fluid is actually seeping into the capillaries and preserving the body that way. Hmm. So after, after they're you know, done draining and they have all the fluid, a big indicator is their nail beds. Embalming fluid has a lot of dye in it to mimic the, the look of blood flowing through the system. So once you're confident that the tissues are firm, all the fluid has gotten to where it needs to be, you take that out, you close up the artery, you close up the jugular, and you suture that little incision you made. And then from there, you bathe the body again, remove from the table, you know, wrap them in a sheet and all that, and um, they're good to go. They're ready. Is bathing the body, is that just like a sponge bath or Essentially, like a yeah. hose or something? Or? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, There's a, there are two hoses connected to the the machine uh it's a big machine you know it's got a it's got a sink and it has the separate machine on top for the tank for the embalming fluid we have like a kind of a power hose and we just have like a, a free-flowing hose for drainage because you don't want all that nasty blood clots and shit and all that thing on your table and you know on the person that you're embalming so yeah it's you know soap water shampoo shave faces if necessary that kind of stuff so yeah how, how, how long did it take you to get used to bathing a naked dead person? Oh, it still freaks me out sometimes. <laughs> I'm not even going to lie. I don't think that's anything I'm ever going to get used to. Um, but it has to be done. I'm there to do a job. Yeah. So you, you just kind of do it, you know? So, yeah. <laughs> All right. So moving on down. Do, do, do the internal organs come out or is that just for autopsies? That's just for autopsy. I actually missed the step entirely. <laughs> Sorry. Um, uh, before you, well, after you close up the artery and the jugular vein, you'll do what's called aspirating. There are internal organs that still retain fluid. You know, for instance, the bladder, the cecum of the colon, the heart, the lungs, what have you. You take this long needle. I mean, it's got to be 18 inches long, something like that, maybe even two feet. It's called a trocar. So it's got a very sharp end on the end of it, and you attach that to one of the hoses I mentioned, and then you flip on a vacuum setting, and you go in and you find the bladder, you find the cecum, the heart, the lungs, and you literally suck out all that fluid. So after you've done that, you take that same trocar and you attach a bottle of cavity fluid. Now, cavity fluid has a higher formaldehyde index or percentage than your standard arterial fluid. And you just go in and just replace all that fluid with the cavity fluid, and that embalms the organs internally. Hmm. So, yeah, no, they, they don't go into bags and jars and then, you know, <laughs> shove them back into the abdomen or anything. I, I thought that's what happened. <laughs> I think that that's me watching too much TV. Did you hear the story about that body farm? Or not a body farm, but like a body shop in Arizona that had all those body parts Oh yeah, yeah. And those, uh, 
and those What'd crazy assholes. Yeah. Oh man, those those guys. Oh Jesus <laughs> Christ! Uh, that should happen to them. I think. You know, uh, that that is that is so grotesque and horrible, and I can't even fathom anybody in their right mind who's like, let's put this head on this torso and. I don't know. Let's just kind of have it hanging around for a little while. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you, man? (laughs) Do you ever have any weird, scary black market people trying to get in touch with you? Not yet. (laughs) (laughs) Can we buy something? (laughs) uh, Nobody's answered my Craigslist ad yet, so (laughs) that remains to be seen. (laughs) I'll pay good money for a tow. You want a toe? I can get you a toe. (laughs) (laughs) And this guy can do it, too. (laughs) Yeah. Get some garden shears and go to town. (laughs) (laughs) My mother always told me that when she died, she wanted me to go into her mouth and remove her gold teeth because she said that the funeral home would take them if I didn't. Is that true? (laughs) 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 What, does Um, your mother have gold teeth? She does. Um, Well, not like pure gold teeth, but like gold caps. You know, I... uh, (laughs) Not not modern times, you know, uh, yeah. but I have heard instances of uh, that happening. Yeah, that's uh, what I wanted to have you heard about that happening. I have heard about that, but uh, not any time recently. Oh, good. And, you know, yeah, uh, fortunately, I work. Uh, well, first of all, in my area, the funeral industry grapevine is maybe that big. You know, uh-huh. everybody knows each other. It's like a small town. It's more of a sewing circle, actually. You know, you do something, you do something fucked up or something that even kind of skirts the line. Other people are going to hear about it. And then you're, you're done, man. Right. No one will ever do business with you again. So at least that. <laughs> I'll tell my mother not to worry. Yeah. Yeah. Tell her not to worry. <laughs> <Thank you>. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, got plenty of other things to worry about. <laughs> so we got the mouth closed. We've got the blood out and it's been replaced with embalming fluid. Mm-hmm. Butt plugs next. Sure. <laughs> Please tell us about the butt plugs. Well, they're, uh, we call them AV plugs, uh, okay. anal vaginal, obviously. Oh. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, that is for um, cases that you know, leak. You know, sometimes, sometimes they just kind of, it just happens that way. Mm-hmm. Um, for whatever reason, maybe there was a weird perforation in the right. colon or in the vaginal wall, something like that. And okay. It does look like a butt plug. It, it's very unfortunate in its shape. I guess that's why they make I've them I've seen way. them online yeah. being sold. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, that Wish app. They sell them. <laughs> right, right. That. Yeah. Yeah. It's very upsetting. <laughs> that is weird. They have, well, for the people who, uh, who, who don't uh, get assaulted with that on a daily basis, right. it, it does look like that. It's kind of bulbous and it has a base at the yeah. bottom. Yeah. But it has this like kind of, um, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? This, a it, threading. It kind of, a yeah, thread, like, like a, a screw. Threading. Yeah. 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 And you literally just kind of screw it in, you know, and nice. it makes everything. Yeah. It makes everything plugged up and make sure nothing uh, leaks out. And so they're not, bad. they're not like a, for, for everybody, it's not like a standard thing that everyone gets a plug. It's just in. That is correct. Okay. Case by case. okay. Yeah. I thought I, everyone got one. I did too. Oh, no, no. The, the one person who was just like, well, time to put in the AV plug. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to work with that guy. He's weird. <laughs> <laughs> nobody, nobody's just, nobody's oh, wow. like, oh, we gotta, we gotta use an AV plug. Nobody's like, oh, cool. Neat. All right. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. can you request one? 
<laughs> whether you need it or not. <laughs> Honestly, gonna... man, you could you could do almost anything you want when when you're when you're dead. It's just a question of your family just going, Fuck, no, we're not doing that. That's weird. <laughs> <laughs> I will leave my last will and testament, Smith, is that if something happens to me, mm-hmm. you have to go and tell them that I wanted the butt plug. You know I will. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to put it in. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, okay. Could, 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 could we do that? So if, if I died and I requested that Samantha come in and <laughs> apply my butt plug... Is that something that you would? Is that something that you would allow? Can you accommodate that final wish? Uh, no, absolutely okay. not. I didn't think no. so. <laughs> yeah. um, what damn if, it, Ramon, we're gonna have to look for somebody else. What if we were? Yeah, super yeah. Rich. If we oh, were super rich. rich. Okay, that's a little that different. Happen. Well, then, yeah. <laughs> uh, you'd have to find a fewer director or a mortician who just doesn't give a fuck anymore. <laughs> um, I got you. Yeah, that is that is hardcore illegal and. You know, I, I've worked way too hard for my license to put it in yeah. jeopardy yeah, to fulfill some weird <laughs> request at the end of it. <laughs> so. All right. So mouths closed, we're bathed, blood's been replaced with the embalming fluid, mm-hmm. AV plug, if necessary. Are we done? We are done with the embalming at that part. Yep. Yep. That's the end of it. So what will happen now is... Well, I should kind of clarify. I actually work for a third-party mortuary. I don't actually work in a funeral home. Okay. We do, we do all the behind-the-scenes. Let's say a funeral home doesn't have a cooler. You know, yeah. family, they can't decide what to do with their loved one for two or three days. They can't just sit in a room. Right. they got to go into a cooler. Um, so let's say they don't have that. They might not even have a prep room. Um, so they'll use us for that service. So... They will go to the funeral home, you know, the family decided to use. And from there, they'll be cosmetized. You know, let's say there was some trauma involved, makeup over whatever bruises may have happened. Um, incisions we had to make, like, let's say they requested somebody be buried in a uh, low cut dress. Mm-hmm. They'll go in and they'll wax over and cosmetize that incision I made to embalm them in the first place. Apply makeup uh, for the women, light makeup for the men, you know, kind of as needed. Yeah. Uh, trim up any facial hair, they'll get a haircut, and then they'll get dressed and then placed into the casket. And then from there, you'll have your uh, typical wake, laying in state if you want, and then the funeral. Before we move on with our conversation with Ramon, we're going to take a minute and... Ponder our own post-death choices. While most of us don't think too much about what might happen with our remains once we're gone, Samantha does think about this. You're damn right. And she would like to share with you now her final arrangements. And they are. So, ever since I was a kid and Guns N' Roses' November Rain came out, of course I fucking love that song, still do, And since my birthday is November, I felt a special affinity for that song. So I just knew when I died that that is the song I want played at my funeral. And I always imagined that I'd be buried in a casket and I'd probably die young and be like a beautiful corpse. And I'd want everyone to sit there and listen to the full entire length of November Rain and just think about me. 
while I'm up in a casket. How long is that song? Oh, it's like almost 12 minutes long. Oh, I ain't staying through that. Oh, come on. (laughs) I don't even like Guns N' Roses. (laughs) But the song is tremendous. Okay, and that's been my final arrangement for as long as I can remember. But it has changed. Now I do want to be cremated. So now I'm just going to be cremated and have my ashes in an urn, but I'm going to make a little video package where I'm speaking to everyone that's come to my funeral and thanking them for coming and, uh, you know, being my friend or family or whatever. And then please would they sit and enjoy November Rain by Guns N' Roses. Well, I'm not doing that. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I'll come to the funeral, but I ain't sitting through fucking 12-minute November Rain. Not even for me. No. God, that's really rude. Well, okay. you know what? You know what? You'll be dead. So, yes, I absolutely will set all the way through November rain. I'll listen to it twice. Okay. Well, we both know you're dying before me, so don't worry about it. <laughs> Which, by the way, I had in high school, I had a girlfriend. Yeah. Who, if for some reason I die and she shows up yes. and says that I told her to make sure that the song Black by Pearl Jam got played <laughs> at my funeral. Uh-huh. You tell her I changed my mind. <laughs> this could happen. Okay. What do you want played at your funeral? I don't even want a funeral. But I mean, like, if I die, just put me in the garbage can. I don't give a yeah. shit. I don't want a funeral either. Not really. I hate going to funerals. I don't want to make anyone go through that shit for me. And they're so fucking expensive. You know what? Here's what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Once I start to realize that my body is giving out and that I am near the end, I'm going to go out into the woods and just lay down on the ground until I die. And then the earth will absorb my body. You know what's going to happen? You're going to think that you're going to die and you're going to go and lay in the woods for a couple of hours. <laughs> <laughs> and then come back out all nasty with leaves stuck in your hair and shit. No. And then you're going to have to do it again. I'm definitely going to make sure I die out there. <laughs> I don't want anyone to have to worry about taking care of me. <laughs> <laughs> so if we can't ever find you, yeah. probably you're laying out in the woods because you've convinced yourself that you're going to die. Yeah. So we'll just go look through the woods and, and pick you up. I'm going to take all of my clothes off. That way the earth can absorb my body better. That will be extra awkward if somebody comes across <laughs> you. <laughs> Because it's already going to be bad if somebody just happens through and you're just laying in the woods and like, what are you doing out here? I was pretty sure I was going to die. Oh, my God. But it hasn't happened yet. That's going to be an even much more awkward conversation if you're naked. So I imagine that you have seen some pretty gnarly things. I was, yeah. Yep, that is accurate. I have. <laughs> well, let's hear about one or two. Well, Any murder victims? Yeah, I've, I've come across a couple of homicides. I can't, uh, obviously, I'm not going to use names or anything no, no. like that. Of course. Yeah. The worst ones are always children. That is always the worst ones. We, you know, I work in a great environment. A lot of morticians and funeral directors are very full of life. They're funny as hell. Um, They're always fun to party with and everything, but that's the one we really kick it in and we're very somber. This is serious. No jokes, no grab assing, no shit talking, do your job and do it right. Yeah. You know, Uh, my first week working was an eight year old uh, who was smothered by his mother. 
because uh, Demon told her to do it. Ugh. That is horrible. Yeah. Yep. And um, a lot of suicides too. Like a lot. It, it's very upsetting. Yeah. You know, to the point where you can only say like, "I'm sorry, you're going through whatever that made you feel like this was the only way out." Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if y'all y'all heard this, but it's pretty accurate that women don't do uh, like a a traumatizing suicide. You know, it's it's usually pills or you know, yeah. like a split artery. Mm-hmm. That is very true. Men do not give a fuck. They will use the biggest gauge shotgun they can get their hands on. They'll suck on the end of a deer rifle, and I have you know you'll that. get them. Uh huh. And you'll get them, and nothing can ever prepare you for somebody who committed suicide via shotgun. Because there's, there's no head. There's just that bottom row of teeth and then just a mess. You know, just whatever they were able to kind of scrape together and put in the bag. Yeah. Yep. Seen uh, more of those than I care to see. But it happens and someone's got to take care of them, you know? Absolutely. Um, let's see. Another bad homicide. Older, older lady. Gosh, she must have been in her 70s. Uh, stabbed four times in the chest. And she was, gosh, maybe 90 pounds soaking wet, mm-hmm. poor thing. But th- this, is, this is cool, but in a really horrible, morbid way. We start embalming, and we start bathing, and I look at her nails, and they were natural nails. They were all broken off. So she fought, and she mm-hmm. fought hard. And they actually caught the son of a bitch, like, maybe an hour after. Oh, wow. So, yeah. So you do get to see that, you know, at least. and you know, you're the one kind of taking care of her and giving that family that little bit of solace that they need, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Do you have nightmares? No, actually. Okay. <laughs> I don't. I don't. Uh, it's it's kind good. of like any other job. Yeah. You know, if I, if I do have a, like a nightmare about work, it's usually like, oh, fuck, did I, did I lock the front door when I was the last one right. out? Or did I yeah. close the garage door? You know, shit like that. Like anybody else has in a job. Yeah. That's you know, good. I, but to kind of piggyback on that, there are times where I'm there and it's late at night. You know, I got a call at two o'clock in the morning and it's freaky, man. It gets, it gets real creepy. You know, you're there by yourself and you hear a weird noise and you're like, oh shit, is this the day? Yes. Yeah. You is know, this is the this, day this, one wakes up? Yeah. 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 <laughs> And we always, we always kind of make a joke. We'll hear a weird noise and somebody will go, you know, make sure nothing, make sure a shelf didn't fall down or, you know, something fall off a table or anything like that or something happened in the crematory. And it's just like, you know, what are you going to do if they're standing there? Are you going to wave and say <laughs> hi? Or <laughs> if they are, you better hope they don't say hi back, I guess. <laughs> what, kind of, actually, uh, what kind of jokes do morticians tell each other when nobody's around? Let's see. Uh, I imagine it's pretty morbid. Not as, not as bad as you would think, actually. Uh, they actually taught this one in school. Because, you know, I said it was a 15-month program. It is stressful, man. It is the hardest thing academically I've ever done. It mm-hmm. was brutal. Because it's psychology, chemistry, anatomy, yes. microbiology, pathology, and it's all thrown at you. And if you can't keep up, then you fail out and you don't come back. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're all, it's our finals and we're all stressed out. And my professor out of nowhere, he just goes, so there's these two morticians at a bar one night. First mortician's like, man, I just had the worst week. You know, there was this 19 year old on one of them crotch rockets. He was going about hundred miles an hour. Well, 
He crashed and he went through a barbed wire fence, cut to ribbons, took me all week just to piece them back together. Second, second mortician's like, God damn, that's, that's horrible, man. But I, I had something similar, you know, them high rises downtown. Well, this lady decided to take a swan dive off one of them and she landed leg splayed right on a parking meter. First mortician's like, God damn it, that's horrible. Second mortician goes, tell me about it. Took me all week to wipe the smile off her face. <laughs> <laughs> so they taught you that one in mortician school. <laughs> yep, yep, they did. I loved it. <laughs> yep. Yeah, we, um, we, we don't typically, we don't joke about the person that we're, uh, obviously the person that we're uh, cremating or embalming, but we yeah. talk shit to each other. Like yeah. all the time. Yeah. It's almost <laughs> like a locker room sometimes. <laughs> Let me ask you a question. Mm -hmm. How strict are the rules about eating when you're working with a body? Oh, does that uh, happen? Nope. No, uh, <laughs> yeah, it has happened. Uh, I've, I've seen when I was a student again, I've seen people just having a sandwich in the prep room and uh, they say you're not supposed to for obvious reasons, you know, right. like you're having a sandwich and you drop, a little bit in, into the cavity or whatever. Like. <laughs> now, what yeah. does it matter uh, at that point? You know, personally, I just think it's fucking disgusting, man. Like, I don't want those yes. two things associated with each other. Yeah, yeah. I just wondered no. um, if you've ever had a snack at work when you're working. No, no. But here's the funny thing, though: formaldehyde actually increases your appetite. Really? It's the, it's the damnedest thing. So. At work, we had an autopsy repair the other day. You know, it takes a while, a lot longer than uh, your standard case, obviously. You know, suturing and you have to inject through, you know, both legs, both arms and mm -hmm. the head. So it takes a while. So you're just exposed to all this formaldehyde and, well, formalin is what it's called. That's the yeah. liquid state of formaldehyde. And I went home and I ate the biggest steak I could find. I was ravenous. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds good. Yeah. yeah, no, it was, it was delicious, actually. Uh -huh. So they're eating it just like, what the hell is wrong with me? <laughs> but yeah. That's wow, the that's thing. crazy. We, I never, I've oh, never yeah. heard that. Mm -hmm. Do people do formaldehyde to get high? I feel like I've heard that. that Fry sticks. It's where you take a cigarette or a joint and you dip it in formaldehyde. <gasps> that's, yes, yeah. I have heard that. What does that do to you? I don't know. Makes you crazy? <laughs> <laughs> From you, what I've heard, from what I've heard, it's similar yeah. to uh, like angel dust. Like you just go fucking yeah. batshit. That's insane. what I. That's what I think. Mm -hmm. But the the fun part about it is that you're literally preserving your head, you know, your brain. <laughs> you know, you smoke a fry stick. You know, you fucking smoke formalin yeah. or formaldehyde, and yeah, you're preserving your brain. You know, that's unleashing all these chemicals, and it's just burning up all that brain matter. So. That's yeah, crazy. you die. <laughs> yeah, so, people have done it. Anonymous Ramon, have you ever tried that? I have not. Okay. Because good, good. I, I can still speak. Uh, yes, yeah, I, don't, you I seem, don't see me trying that even given the mm -hmm. opportunity. Your brain seems like it's in tip-top shape. Yep. <laughs> Physically, emotionally, it's still uh, up for debate. but Of course, of course. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I didn't get into this because I'm the most well-adjusted person on the planet, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so what other uh, intensely morbid or disgusting or funny stories have you got? Now, funny stuff that's happened. Okay, yeah, I got one. 
So I mentioned I'd been out for five years before I got this job. So I forgot a lot of things. Well, it was my first month and you're just kind of thrown to the wolves, you know, like you either get this, you do it right, or you're not going to work out. That's the way it is, right? So I got to do a removal at a hospital. Uh, you know, older guy, it was a very peaceful passing. It was going to be just a standard pickup and taking to our facility, nothing major, right? And I move him from the bed, place him on my cot, and I'm cinching him down. And as I do, the strap that goes over his chest, he growls at me. Whoa. <laughs> Yep. So of course, you know, again, the first thing in my head is just like, fuck, okay, what? And I realized that, you know, obviously he had some air retained in, in his lungs and mm-hmm. everything. Yeah. And that was just the air escaping. Not the first thing I thought about. I did not go logic the first thing. I don't think I would either. Yeah. You just kind of have to step back and you're like, come on, man, just make this easy on me. Yeah. That would um, freak me out. Mm-hmm. Uh, another one, um, this is actually my very, very first case, um, like second month of school. We like to fuck with the students sometimes because, you know, they're students and it's funny. So as the embalming process is going, you have to massage the arms and the legs to make sure the blood's going out, fluid's going in. You're just kind of moving the blood out, right? Mm-hmm. Well, they didn't tell me what I'm doing. They're just like, hey, go massage that guy's arm. And I'm like, that's fucking weird, but okay, whatever. So I'm doing that. Well, there's this fun little tendon in your forearm about midway between your um, elbow and your wrist. If you press down on it, your fingers actually can strip down. Mm-hmm. So I'm holding this gentleman's arm up like this and I'm massaging the forearm and I'm holding his hand, you know, with his thumb inside my palm. And unbeknownst to me, I hit that tendon and his fingers <laughs> go and my hand like that. <laughs> And I was so fucking proud of myself because I didn't scream like I thought I, I thought I was going to flip shit, right? <laughs> I just, I gently laid his arm down and I took like two steps back from the table and I'm just kind of looking at him. Behind me, the other morticians working are losing their shit. <laughs> <laughs> they are doubled over laughing. One is like red in the face and he finally stops laughing and gets his breath and he's like, we get one every fucking quarter. so yeah and uh there was one night you know i mentioned that we also have a crematory uh i'm a crematory operator and a provisional embalmer so when i'm not doing that i'm in the crematory as well well there's one night it was just me and a coworker, and we had really really bad weather well there's power outages all over the city and everything we don't lose power we got a separate generator we're Mm -hmm. good but I'm in the crematory, just kind of shutting down for the day. And she's in there with me and we're locking the garage doors and the power goes out for like a second. And it's just this, I hear this audible gas just, and then the power comes back on. We laugh like, hey, we're stupid for, you know, that. Well, then I have to go get some towels from the prep room because it's raining. Water's kind of coming in a little bit. So just going to mop that up real quick. I go back there. I'm all by myself. And the power goes out. The power stays out. And it stays out for like a minute. And it's pitch black in there. My dumbass has left my phone in the office. So I'm just kind of standing there because <laughs> I don't want to bump into anything. Yeah. And again, my, my crazy brain's just like, God damn it, this is the day. 
This is the one where <laughs> the power comes on, and someone's going to be standing up, just kind of looking at me. They're all going to be standing up, staring. <laughs> exactly. At you. Yeah, just just waiting. Just hey, dude, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's uh, that, that's that's fun little bits like that, you know. But uh, the whole the whole myth. If somebody ever tells you that they got hit or slapped or kicked by a corpse, they're a fucking liar. That does not happen at all. <laughs> and when, when I was bartending and people would find out that, Hey, you know, I'm a mortician by trade. Like, Oh, there's this one time I'm at the hospital and you know, a corpse just, you know, kind of slapped me from the gurney. Like, no, it fucking didn't. Shut up. <laughs> I've never I know the beer. heard that. <laughs> You've never heard that. No. Oh my it God. sounds like I, something Samantha would say that. I knew you were yeah. going to fucking say that. <laughs> <laughs> when someone's being cremated, do the bodies move around when the heat interacts with them? Uh, no, no, not really. Uh, no. The only thing that really happens is that um, that intense heat, the rib cage will snap open. Mm. But yeah, but you don't, you don't see that. Obviously, you just kind of see the uh, aftermath, I guess. Mm. But you do have to go in and move them around yourself to make sure they're underneath the burner and everything. Yeah. Yeah, that that is something we don't enjoy doing either. I bet. <laughs> so you kind of like. Some, poke at him with a poker, like you're stoking a fire to move them around? Well, here's the thing. The, uh, the brain is probably, this is why I don't believe in intelligent design. The brain is the most frustrating organ that we have, right? Like a fever of 107, your brain's cooked and you're dead, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. 1800 degrees under a cascading flame, that thing takes forever to burn. <laughs> so... <laughs> Yeah, it's so goddamn frustrating. Like, wow. oh, why? So sometimes you have to go in and you got to, uh, oh, I hate doing this, but sometimes you got to pop open that cranium with your rake so the flames can get to the brain so it could burn off and wow. be left with just bone. Yeah. Yeah. I never really thought about, <laughs> I just kind of assumed, uh, well, I guess I just hadn't really thought enough about it. I, get, I just kind of thought that people, they slide in. To the to the cremating yeah. apparatus, you close the door and they just get incinerated. Yeah. It never really occurred to me that you have to kind of. <laughs> I thought oh, it no, you an need easy a, burn. Yeah. Oh no, no, you need a you need a certification and the whole nine to operate a crematory. It's not just pressing a button and walking away. Right. Yeah. You're essentially just dealing with a giant grease fire. You know, all, all the the fat and the muscle yeah. tissue and everything. Mm-hmm. So that yeah. probably smells terrible. Uh, not if you do it right. Oh, if okay. you do it, if you do it right, there's no smoke, there's no odor or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a crematory in, uh, Georgia, I believe early two thousands where. Yes. I was going to ask you about this. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. He must've been mentally ill or something, but he was piling in. Like, I think he got up to like 10 bodies in one, in one mm-hmm. machine at a time. Mm-hmm. And he burned the thing down. That's how they, that's how they uh, kind of caught him. Cause yeah. when he wasn't, when he wasn't doing that, he just straight up wasn't cremating people and just letting them decompose in a field behind his facility. Yes. Yeah. Which freaks <laughs> my shit out. Like mm-hmm. I'm already a very skeptical and non-trusting person as it is. And uh, I'm just convinced that when I'm dead, there's going to be some twisted asshole that's going to do something terrible to my body. I just know it. 
<laughs> you kept looking at me like you thought that yeah. I was. Looking. Yeah, it was a very accusatory look too. Yeah, don't. <laughs> I'm just saying I know that's my look. But yeah, thank God that stuff doesn't happen that often or we don't know about it, that is. <laughs> no, it really doesn't happen very often, you know. Yeah. That's why when you do hear about it, it's so... First of all, it's horrific just because it is horrific. Yes. It's mostly horrific because it doesn't happen, you know? And when it does, it's, all, it's always the most, like, fucked up, grotesque, horrible thing you've ever heard of. But, yeah. So, for the most part, you'll be all right, I think. So, has your job as a mortician brought up any ponderings about your own mortality? Oh, yeah, most definitely. Um, I don't know any embalmer who wants to be embalmed. First of all, I'm kind of playing around with the idea of donating my body to science because I think that's a, an extremely noble endeavor. I mean, you know, somebody dies, they donate their body to science. The family's not actually getting their remains. It could be years, you know, before I guess they're finally laid to rest in a, you know, in a way. thought about that. I've thought about just direct cremation. That happens a lot. You know, somebody dies at hospice or in a home and family's like, ah, shit, we got like $500 of every grandma, uh, just take her to the crematory. And then we'll pick her up her ashes on like Tuesday or something. So yeah, it just, it just, I don't know. I don't know. I, my wife and I have talked about it a little bit, but not in great detail because, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm still relatively young, you know, she'll figure it out. She's smart. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, thought, I think that's about all we had for you. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much for talking to us and for getting. Hey, you're very welcome. Truly, yeah, yeah. amazing. Yeah, this is a lot of fun. And for listening to the show. Uh, anytime. <laughs> yeah. Y'all just keep y'all just keep making them, and I'll keep listening to them. Thank All right. you. Yeah, thank you for being with us. Oh, you're and, very welcome, um, guys. If y'all have any other questions or uh, need any more like banter or anything, just reach out. More than happy. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you so much. It was good meeting you. You seem like a cool yeah. guy. If you ever make it to Alabama, send me an email. I'll buy you a beer or something. Thank you so much for listening to episode 22 of Where is the Line? If you enjoyed the show, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. That will be coming out on January 13th. Also, if you enjoyed the show, you might consider leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts, just like these fine people did. Our first review comes from The Hell Ezel. The Hell Ezel writes, These the real. I love these two kids. They are the real all-American gold medals. I love that so much. <laughs> that one's from Johnny, though. We know him. Yes, a very, very, very good friend. I'm glad that he likes the show because he's one of those people that's cooler than me. And so if I do something and like somebody way cooler than me doesn't like it, I get real bent out of shape about it. Yeah, so. no, I, I feel the same way. Johnny Zell is infinitely cooler than both of us. And that's high praise coming from him. Thank you, John. Yeah, thanks for not putting our show down. <laughs> Thank you. Our next review comes from Chloris97. Chloris97 writes, I love Samantha. What? You're so humorous and open. This has become my favorite podcast. Do you see the look on my face and how touched I'm feeling right now? Oh, my gosh. She does look like she's being touched. I do. Oh, my God. This feels so good. Thank you. Moving on to voicemails. 
Our first voicemail comes from Dynamite Thunder. It's a cool name. Yeah, hell yeah. Hey guys, don't really know what to say. Um, I'm Dynamite Thunder from your positive reviews some months ago. Just wanted to say, hey, I'm riding a longboard, I'm drunk as hell, and uh, yeah, listening to your podcast is great. Keep it up. Samantha, you're super cute. Bye now. Oh my god. What the fuck is up with everybody being all into you lately? You know, Kevin, it looks like it's my turn. (laughs) (laughs) Your turn for what? To be adored. No. And I'll (laughs) say. Well, when's it going to be my turn? Come on. Every day is your turn. (laughs) Look, I seriously loved that voicemail. (laughs) (laughs) It was really nice. Thanks for that voicemail, Dynamite Thunder. Yeah, Dynamite Thunder. Maybe you should look some pictures of me. I'm kind of all right, too. You know, whatever. Our next voicemail comes from Ken. Hey, this is Kit. Uh, I just binged all your episodes, and I just listened to the bestiality episode while I was at work. And I felt like you needed to know that. I've actually listened to most of your episodes at work, and it wasn't until today that I was like, wow, I really hope my earbuds don't pop out or, like, unplug or something, because that would be extremely awkward. I've only worked there a few months. Uh, Love the show. Wish there was more of it. Keep, keep on keeping on. Good shit. But you haven't crossed the line yet. Haven't had to skip anything. Even uh, body modification, like tongue splitting and dick splitting, like whatever. Yeah, keep making good shit. I believe she said her name was Ken or yes. Kent. Ken, I believe. Ken. Yeah. Well, thank you for that voicemail, Ken. I'm sorry that we have failed to make you stop listening to our show. <laughs> We'll we'll try harder. We'll definitely try harder. And also, um, that's some good advice for people who listen to the show at work because it's definitely not safe for work. So maybe uh, if you're going to listen to Where is the Line at your new job, put your earbuds in and maybe put some duct tape over them. Yeah. Then it's like we're closer to you. Closer than ever. Our final voicemail for this episode comes from Will. Hey, Kevin and Jamie. My name is uh, Will. I am an intern at a state run facility and i'm a huge fan of you guys i discovered you guys last night on the 7th of october and i am just loving every single thing about you guys i actually have connections to multiple shootings and um ted bundy so if you guys need any help on episodes like that give me a call and i'm a huge fan of yours rock on my favorite crystal has to be fuckheads Thank you for that voicemail, Will. I know that we've had... I see the look on Samantha's face. We've had... <laughs> we've had people call in and confuse Samantha and Jamie, who was the host of the show up until episode... Seven. Yes, yeah, she was the... Jamie was the co-host up until episode seven. Uh, Samantha has been here since then, coming up on a year now. That's pretty right. Pretty soon. Uh, but I don't blame Will for I... this, because Will just said that he just started listening to the show, and he's been binge listening to it. That's... Well, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> the expression on your face says that it's absolutely no, fine, Will, so don't it worry is, about it's it. It's totally fine. And <laughs> I would love to hear about your experience with the shooting in Ted Bundy, depending on what your role in that shooting was. Actually, regardless of what the role in that shooting was, I still <laughs> want to hear about it. Uh, we just might not do it over drinks. <laughs> yeah. If you'd like to leave us a voicemail of your own, you can give us a call at 386-227-7848. Does that spell something? 
Yes, I believe it does. I believe it spells dumb ass tit. Again, that number is 386-227-7848. Dumb ass tit. Call and leave us a voicemail if you take the notion. <laughs> Why the fuck I said that? <laughs> That's it. Thank you all so much for listening. We'll see you again soon. Goodbye. Flashing red buddy's got a plan for us all.